right, boys. Welcome to episode 84 of the Zay Coleman podcast. So today we'll be discussing a few games that's on tonight, or honestly today, really in about 45 minutes. We're going to be discussing, of course, the Nets and the Boston Celtics will be in the first game on uh, on the ABC slash ESPN. And of course, the second game, the rematch of the NBA Finals, Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, and more, of course, on the Zay Coleman podcast. All right, boys. We're gonna have a. This is probably gonna be a pretty uh, condensed episode because I guess I want to be. I'm gonna be uh, doing going to a G League game down uh, down the road for me, and I'm actually gonna do a podcast reviewing the G League game. I know this is gonna be. It's gonna be a, a new experience for y'all because we don't really cover G League. We don't cover G League, but I absolutely do watch a lot of G League basketball. Probably more than I watch college, if I'm being honest with you, which kind of sucks. But that's just that's just how my scheduling is. I do watch more G League than I do college, but yeah, I will go. I'll be going to a, a Lakeland Magic game later, and again, I'll come back and do the podcast with uh, for y'all for that. So this is and I got to get ready for it because the game starts in two and a half hours. So I gotta, I definitely got to uh, get dressed because it's like an almost hour, not even an hour. It's like forty minute drive, but it's still like I said, it's drive plus I got to get my tickets and yeah, so. This is going to be a pretty condensed because also the Nets Celtics comes on in 40 minutes and I want to get this review out before the game starts. So, yeah, this one, obviously, uh, is the Kyrie Kyrie Irving going to Boston. First of all, Kyrie being available to play is a, a big key because we're going to be getting two-thirds of the Nets uh, stars. Going to be getting Kyrie and KD back. Um, of course, Boston, like I said, the, the, the main matchup people we're going to be looking for, of course, is KD versus Jason Tatum. And this is like this has heavy playoff implications because, like I said, in a couple episodes ago, Brooklyn does not have that much time to get back on track. I know they've won a couple games in you know in the last month or so, but realistically, they're not. They've been they've lost a lot more than they've won. Let's say that Boston, of course, are. It's crazy enough that Chicago, which was who was the one seed, is now the fourth seed, and it's only a one and a half game uh, ahead of Boston. But Boston's only a game ahead of Cleveland, a couple of games ahead of Toronto. So even then, like they can't just rest, you know, on their laurels right now. They gotta, you know, keep pushing. And I think Boston, I think will uh, stay around that fourth, fifth seed. It would be realistic to see them play Chicago in the first round because. Realistically, one of those teams has to lose in order to probably lose to Philly or Miami in the next round. So, real like I can totally see like this being a situation where that's that's the that's the first round matchup in Chicago probably wins. But like again, I can't even say anything about uh like the Brooklyn Nets potentially being a playoff team either because right now the A seed and is very very close. Like if they lose this game, they can easily drop to ten. That's how close it is in the Eastern Conference. And I'm pretty sure Atlanta has the tiebreaker over Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I would I would have to look that up. But like I'm pretty sure Atlanta has the tiebreaker. So if even if like if they did lose, Atlanta would jump ahead of Brooklyn, which would make them the 10th seed, or would make Brooklyn the 10th seed. So like I said, Brooklyn doesn't have the distinction of just, you know. We can we can coast, uh, mine it with uh with Devin Book or sorry with uh Ben Simmons. I'm thinking of the wrong light skin. Ben Simmons coming back. Um, so yeah, you can you like I said, Brooklyn can't rest right now. They can't like Garnett Kyrie again since he's been 
not clear, but since he has come back, he's actually been pretty good. Actually, all right, so I did a lot. The one time, I think they, they, they've only played one game this year. But anyway, uh, Brooklyn did win the one game that Atlanta played. They played against Atlanta. That was, looks like it was like in December, yeah, December 10th. Brooklyn uh, beat Atlanta. One at Atlanta, too, which is actually pretty surprising. But yeah, um, point the point being is that Brooklyn can't just rest, like assume, uh, just assume that Atlanta's going to lose most of the games on the way out. Like imagine if like Atlanta went on a similar streak they did, they did last year, where they started off god awful and finished as one of the best teams in the league. Atlanta could do pull a similar situation. Granted, like John Collins is still being worked back into the rotation, coming off the bench, which kind of upsets me because, like I said about Luca uh, last night. John Collins is on my fantasy team, so I'm trying. I'm severely trying not to like get get like I'm I I want I want John Collins to like you said I really want John Collins to get the the a max maximum amount of opportunities not even just for me but like just for him as a and growing as a player because this is what his fifth fifth season in the league close to basically going to be his sixth year in the league which is wild to even wild to even think about that john collins is about to be six years into his career come october but that's that's going to be the case and again still somewhat of a raw not not raw but somewhat of a not quite polished player like he i think he has another level to grow and i think he will grow another level starting next year but it is still kind of crazy that like they like again Atlanta is very not I wouldn't say in danger but one of these three teams whether it's uh whether it's uh Brooklyn was it uh, Toronto no it's uh, Brooklyn Charlotte or Atlanta could easily fall if the or the Wizards went on like a few games uh winning streak because realistically the other four teams Knicks Pacers Pistons Magic aren't going on the run as much as I joke about the Pistons going on a, a playoff run. I genuinely don't think that they are going on. They wouldn't even try to win any more games this year. They might luck out into a few more wins, but I don't think like they're going to be competing for the tenth seed in the Eastern Conference. Let's be honest. So, so none of those four teams are going to be anywhere near. But Washington's only two and a half games back, and Kyle Kuzma's playing like he wants to be in the playoffs this year. So again, I wouldn't advise any of those three teams. So even begin to try and rest on any sort of, you know, or just coast. Basically, I'm saying don't coast to the playoffs or coast for the play in. Play like you want to be the fifth, sixth seed and avoid the extra two games that you have to win. With that being said, I do have Boston winning this game slightly. This is going to be a very close game because, like I said, I don't. Think Jalen Brown is playing, but like Boston is Boston at least in the Memphis game that they played, played really well without uh, without Jalen Brown. Like they played almost like as a team. And again, this is not me saying that Jalen Brown's an issue. Obviously, Jalen Brown just uh, he uh, adds a lot more to this team with his his ability to create a shot, just taking the pressure off of 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 uh, Jason Tatum and even the other guys on the team. He actually like he is very much of a help to this team. Let's be honest here. But the game that they played against Memphis, like it was Tatum that gets the buckets, but it's also like Al Horford gets his chip in, Marcus Smart gets his chip in, Derek White gets his chip, Grant Williams gets his chip, Robert uh, Robert Williams gets his chip, Daniel Tice, like everybody got their their share in the in the on the offense, and 
it was like one of the the better times you've seen from the Boston Celtics this year. Now, they did that against a really good defensive team in Memphis. They're not going to do this against what's currently a god awful defensive team in the Brooklyn Nets, which they showed a couple uh, about a week ago, actually, a couple, maybe closer to two weeks ago against Brooklyn, where they dogged them in Brooklyn by twenty three. Granted, Kevin Durant didn't come back or hadn't came back yet, and uh, like I said, I don't, none of the, none of the three guys played. So, really, realistically, you can't just use that as an excuse, even though. Like Kyrie isn't really a defender. KD is more of a, a, a help a help defender than he is a one on one lockdown. So you can kind of make the similarities there, but at the same time, like Kevin Durant's going to get the 25, 30 points back one other. And and I can see, I can see, like I said, I'm going to say this is going to be a very close game. I do have the Celtics winning by three. Um, and this is going to be a this is going to be a Jaden Jason Tatum masterclass, similar to what not similar because. That was like once in a generation type stuff. But what we saw LeBron do last night, I think Jason Tatum will have that sort of impact on the game. He, will, I think he will go for a high 30, similar to what he did in Memphis. I was, like I said, maybe even a 40 piece. I'm Again, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a Brooklyn thing. This is just showing that Jason Tatum is a really good basketball player. No, he is not the greatest skilled player or the most skilled player since Kobe Bryant. <clears throat> but... Like I'm not gonna just pretend that Jason Tatum is this bum because he's not Kobe Bryant or he's not Kevin Durant or Carmelo Anthony or LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, he's he's great. He is still a really great scorer, one of the most skilled scorers we've seen in the league in a long time. But is not the most skilled player since Kobe Bryant. Well, like I said, we're gonna just drop it there and leave it at that before I go on to another tangent about media. Because there are some people, cough, cough, Marcus, uh, Marcellus Wiley, that really kind of need a lashing from non-contracted like, media members. Because, who oh boy, a lot of people have said a lot of dumb stuff in the last couple of weeks that have just, just gotten me, really, it's gotten me upset, bro. Nah, I'm not, all right, we're going we're gonna to drop it. I'm not going on that tangent. Uh, next game is the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, both of these teams have changed in the last eight months. Which fun fact: the, this podcast started the day after the Milwaukee Bucks won a championship. I just want to let y'all know that this the the first episode was July twenty sixth, fifth. Believe the fifth. I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I think, when I think no, they won the championship on the fifth. So the po- podcast started on July twenty sixth. I will always remember that day. Actually, now. I think I don't know. The point is, the Bucks, like I said, a lot. This team, team, both of these teams have changed drastically in the last seven, eight months, and uh, mostly, not mostly because like now the Suns are missing Chris Paul, and I guess Devin Booker is still out. Like I said, he's missed a couple games, but Cam Johnson just had a forty-point uh, game off the bench. So, like, I don't think Phoenix is really uh, stressed out about that anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, shout out to, um, of course. The uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they've uh, they've risen to the what, fifth seed in the Eastern Conference or f- fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Pretty no, third. They uh, no, they're they're the third. They are ahead of the Chicago Bulls. So yeah, uh, like I said, Milwaukee, a team that hasn't struggled, but the East has been so good to where like you see Milwaukee as a fifth or sixth seed, and you get scared a little bit, but then you realize, yeah, they're like 
15, 20 games over 500. So, like, I'm not, we're still not going to stress over the fact that this team is dropped because the Eastern Conference is that good this year. But with that being said, I do have the Bucks actually winning this game. The, the really the key is Giannis and DeAndre Ayton 2.0 and how they incorporate JaVel, uh, JaVel McGee. Because JaVel McGee, I think, is going to play a huge role on this team specifically because he is the, like I said, he, he was the guy that they brought in because of the uh, the mismatches with, uh, uh, because of the mismatches with uh, DeAndre Ayton. And once DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble and all of that, they started running like Frank Kaminsky, who very obviously was never a defensive player to begin with. They were running like, I think they were at one point they were running like Jay Crowder at center. So like that Giannis went he went to work with against that lineup. But they got big man depth now. They have the Bismack Biombo. They have a JaVale McGee. They like I said they can they can run a lot of switchable lineups, which you're not really gonna switch against Giannis Antetokounmpo because he's still gonna eat alive. But I would and like don't we're not going to get it twisted. Like Phoenix has absolutely added the one thing that they needed in the finals last year, which was depth against or depth at the at the big man position. Now they run basically they can run twelve people and all twelve people in the team make a positive contribution, which is why they have the best record in the NBA and are beating teams like the New York Knicks with Cam Johnson dropping forty despite Chris Paul and Devin Booker not being in the lineup. Oh. Um. Yeah, like I said, I'll, but I do I do have the Milwaukee Bucks winning this game, pretty sizably. I I said by twelve, not not like a a, a forty point. They're not going to do this on national TV with a, a forty point game like that or a thirty point or whatever. But I do have the Milwaukee Bucks winning this game simply because Giannis is just too good to lose to the Suns without CP and Book, especially when he beat the Suns with CP and Book, just like seven eight months ago. Like it just would it wouldn't make sense for Giannis to lose this game. Of course, the next game uh, we're gonna get into the Grizzlies and the Houston Rockets. Not much to talk about here. It's mostly just the talent in the backcourt for uh for Memphis and for Houston for that matter. Obviously, the key matchup: John Bain versus uh, KPJ and Jalen Green. I think bo- uh, both of these backcourts have a lot of potential to be. Or obviously, Memphis has shown a lot of their uh their guys have been really good this year. Um, but Houston. Their guys obviously have some room to grow, and it makes sense because KPJ is like 21, Jalen Green's like 20. So, like, I'm not, we're not, this isn't a, a hate episode. This is absolutely just like Memphis obviously is going to dominate this, uh, the Houston Rockets, but it's still going to be a fun game on both sides. Granted, again, I'm not happy about how Houston runs their rotation. I've made it very clear that Eric Gordon should not even touch the floor. Neither should Christian Wood or Jason Tate. To be honest with you, this should definitely be Josh Christopher minutes, Alperin Shangun minutes. This should be KJ Martin minutes, Garrison Matthews minutes, whatever. Like I'm, this absolutely should not be a team that's playing three veteran. Let's be honest, Jason Tate is a veteran. Three veteran guys in their uh like the most minutes on the team because you just want to up Eric Gordon's trade value, which already has a lot of value. That's just me. like I said. That's just me though. Um, but again, I do have Memphis. This is probably going to be one of those twenty-plus point games, similar to what they did to Orlando last night. Which again, didn't watch the game, but you can just like I said, it's Memphis, who's 
looking like a, the Denver Nuggets of two years ago, where or I guess it's closer to three years ago, where they're not contenders, but they're still a really good team to where like you don't want to sleep on them, but you end up sleeping. Basically, like I will say that they're going, they are on that Denver, Denver Nuggets trajectory to where to where you're not necessarily like the two three years from now you're going to be saying. Oh man, if they like I said, they can still grow together. They have another level. I think they could be a contender down the line. But you know, you never really take them serious. They're gonna be that level team like the Denver Nuggets. But again, Memphis is still a really good team. We're gonna just enjoy the ride for what it is. Um the last game I want to get into the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I wrote it in the notes, or the, the key here is obviously, the key uh, matchup obviously is the top two rookie of the year candidates, Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. But the real matchup here is two the two evolutions of basketball, which the Raptors obviously have, in, and they've done this for years, this is not new, but they've run, they're running the the six eight six nine wings, switchable wings that can defend and honestly just play to their strengths not more in hide their weaknesses they've done it with pascal the denver og they love they're doing it with uh scotty barnes too delano banton they're doing it with uh they did it with Kawhi. obviously they've like i said they've done these they've done this for years like this is not a new concept for them but it's that brand of basketball versus the cleveland cavaliers brand which is you know we stack up three big men and we just used our length and our size with three seven footers on the floor and shoot you to pieces there. And both of those styles I think could work in this sort of era of basketball where Evan Mobley can shoot, you know, Laurie Marketing can shoot. Jared Allen, he can switch on guard on the perimeter. He you know, Darius Garland being a, an elite yes, I said it, elite floor general. And is like I said, he can he can get his uh buckets too, playing with three seven foot guys and Isaac Okoro. But also the Toronto Raptors brand of basketball, which obviously worked because they won a championship with it. Six, eight, six, nine guys that can switch, you know, play, he can, that can handle the ball, can play defense, can shoot, can, you know, rebound. They can, you know, attack the paint. They can do it all similar to like a Ben Simmons, a LeBron James type, like type player to where, yeah, Scotty Martins might turn into one of those guys. I'm not saying Scotty Barnes is going to be LeBron, but Scotty Barnes has that, he's got that mold of 6'8", 225, 230-ish, depends on how you feel about him. Uh, you know, frame, he can, like I said, can do it all, can pass, rebound, defend, uh, floor, you know, drop, the, attack the paint, can do all of it. And I think both of those styles, I think could, that those uh, styles will compel one of these teams to be a championship team, whether it's Toronto with the wings or Cleveland with the bigs that can do it all. Both of these teams have a really solid future and are both playoff teams, which help the fact that, you know, you got 20-year-old uh, like uh, Scotty Barnes and Devin Mobley who are, you know, some some rookies, some sophomores aren't accustomed to winning, and these guys have already established winning traditions on their or winning a winning culture on their team six months into their, their career. So absolutely, shout-out goes to them for it. Now, with uh, that being said, I do have the Cleveland Cavaliers winning this game. Not it's just simply to the play. And I mentioned it, the wings and, and the bigs earlier. This is going to be the Darius Garland game. Like similar to Darius Garland, has basically been absolutely killing it for the last three games. He had with a thirty-three point game. Granted, it wasn't a loss, but still had thirty-three. And then the next game, I think he had like eighteen assists or something crazy like that. 
I think this is going to be a game where he combines both of those. I think he has a 31 10 type game against those the Raptors wings and he it propels his team to victory. Now this is going to be the a banger game for uh just to, to watch just in general because these are these again these are two teams that are young, winning, exciting and you hit, rarely ever hear any drama about either team. Does that say something or you know we we just going to ignore that fact. But you know, like I said, this isn't like but to basically just to give final little final remarks, I'm absolutely going to enjoy these games. I will it'll likely I'll likely miss the Bucks Suns game. I'll absolutely go rewatch this Bucks Suns game, but I'm probably going to end up missing it because I'm going to be, you know, at the Lakeland game. So if it's a if it's a I'm gonna be checking on like Twitter and stuff like that, but I will absolutely be rewatching the game come uh Monday morning. I'll probably I'll be up early anyway, but I will definitely uh end up rewatching it. Of course there are other games tonight, like the Pacers and the Wizards. The Wizards, like I said, are a team that's still competing for a playoff spot. I'm just not interested in the game. Sim uh similar like Jazz Thunder, like the Jazz obviously are one of the better teams in the West, but I'm just like I said, just not interested in it. Um, Pelicans Nuggets. This is basically this is a this is going to be a really good game, and I think the the uh, guards uh, for or the let's just say the wings for the New Orleans are definitely going to be a factor because the Denver Nuggets are a team that are basically relying on two bigs being really good in Jokic and I guess now Boogie Cousins, which is crazy that Boogie Cousins dropped thirty one in twenty three minutes. Shout out to Boogie Cousins too, man. For that was his what thirty first thirty point game since twenty eighteen, which makes sense because like two years he's been it was injured for two years. But it's just dope to see from a guy that uh that was basically written off by the league after two injuries and he or shoot three injuries because he had he had the one in the Achilles in New Orleans. He had one with Golden State and then he had the ACL with the Lakers. So yeah, he basically was out for three years. Well, he played he played for Golden State, but that was obviously not a fit. So and then yeah, the Lakers injuries they cut him. He went somewhere else, and I believe he went somewhere else in that season, but they didn't keep him. And then this year he went to Milwaukee, they didn't keep him. Denver, and he he's now thriving in Denver because they're with eleven and one with him in the lineup, and. Uh, it might help with the fact that you know Christian Wood is the probably the worst defensive center in basketball, and Jonas Valanciunas I'd say is an improved defender since he came into the league. Question mark, but he's definitely more, more improved defender than Christian Wood. So I don't see Boogie dropping another thirty piece, but if Boogie, Boogie still gives a really solid contribution, especially off the bench if he's coming off the bench and like Jokic is playing. I could totally see them obviously pulling this out. And then the final game, the Knicks Clippers. I could give, I could care less about this game, or couldn't care less, I should say, about this game because the New York Knicks are that bad, and the Clippers, without PG and Kawhi, are just uninteresting because you know that they're, they're a team that's going to be in the playoffs, but you're not going to take serious because their best player is Reggie Jackson? Question mark. Luke Kennard, maybe. That's that's basically how I feel about them. It's still like I said, still a solid team, but. Not really, not again. Not really a team that I'm taking serious come April, because if whether if it's them, the Lakers or who's the Tennessee Portland, I think 
New Orleans, maybe. I think New Orleans is the 10th seed. Whoever basically is the 10th seed that turns it, or the whoever turns into the 8th seed is probably just going to to uh, job out to, to Phoenix. So not really taking, uh, not really going to take them serious, to be honest. All right, y'all, uh, one minor programming issue, uh, not program, but uh, one little uh, piece of notes here. Uh, Nick Stosk has got an NBA call-up. Shout out to him. Uh, we were talking about like the Magic and G League earlier, so naturally it did. Uh, um, it's in my notes too, so like it wasn't random. But um, yeah, like shout out to Nick Stosk. He's got a two-year deal with the Boston Celtics after dropping 100 points in like three days because he had a, a the, the 57-point game against, I believe, the – was it the uh, Sioux Falls? I believe it was. I couldn't. Remember, I can't remember who it was. But then he had uh, forty three against the Lakeland Magic. So shout out to him for getting the call up. And of course, that's going to be the the little minor piece of detail that we close the podcast out with. Okay, so uh, we are we're going to call that the end of the podcast. If you've missed the previous eighty three episodes of the podcast, of course you can check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and of course right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.